Hey, this is Ross Bain with Roleplay and Public Radio. This is Game Designers Workshop, uh, episode 23, uh, Slingstone, Mark II, version 2, something, uh, the second coming, the second edition, I don't know. Uh, what? <laughs> it's, you're, Calm you, down. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, damn. I, I just had I just had a cup of coffee, uh, Caleb. So did you put cocaine in it? I mean, chill it, out. It's really good coffee. Uh, Apparently, no shit. And I am Caleb. Yeah, and also zines. I have an idea for a zine that I want to do. So, uh, I, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you just got a message me a little while ago. It was like, hey, I have an idea for an episode. So I was like, great. Uh, and yeah. I'm just... uh, well, I figure the one thing we could talk about that probably everyone kind of relates to is uh, COVID writer's block, because mm -hmm. I am uh, still struggling to recover from mine, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I've made some headway, which is why we have anything to talk about in this episode, mm -hmm. but um, damn, there was about four months there where I was just shut down, Yeah, um, and I don't know if you experienced the same thing or not. On your side of Honestly, the last four years, three and a half years, whatever, have been pretty tough. Uh, but um, I've been doing a lot like uh, uh, the last book I finished uh, was uh, Campaign for Upwind, Three Beasts, which should be out soon. It should be out to backers right now. But that took me. I just hit a wall with that. And I've talked about that previously. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, COVID is certainly. I mean, first of all, I had all kinds of other things to distract me, like getting from Australia back to the America and, uh, you know, keeping the figuring out how to make every podcast online recording and yeah. uh, keeping up with that. Uh, so it hasn't hit me as much, but that's because I haven't been engaged in a major writing project. Uh, I wasn't mm. engaged in a major writing project when it hit. Um, I am just now beginning to, like, get to the point where I want to do something creative um, which I'll talk about later, but yeah, it, it, it did not hit me probably as badly as you did. Cause I wasn't in the middle of something that requires intense focus and, uh, yeah, uh, not having that much stress or as much stress as usual in life. Probably. Yeah. I was in the middle of God's teeth and, and still am. Um, but I've made, I'll just, I'll just be honest. I've made about 20 K words in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had made about 10K in every moment before that since lockdown. Um, so, yeah, I've about... Mm -hmm. I can't even figure out the, the force multiplier I'm on lately yeah. um, compared to near the beginning. Because, mm -hmm. man, um, here's the thing. I still don't really believe in writer's block. I still think writer's block is you... If you've made the time in your life to write... I really still think writer's block is just a um, it's a measure of confidence in your own work and you need to get over yourself and recognize it's going to be bad, but you got to get it down on paper. And that's at least how I've always understand to get over it. But one thing that COVID has done to me is that I think the writer's block is still about confidence. Mm -hmm. But what I struggled with is the idea that anyone would want to read anything I could put on paper about this or any other subject. Mm -hmm. when you know like turn on the news um that's where it really got me the sense of um praxislessness the mm -hmm. the you know the the lack of worth mm -hmm. uh in doing something that i do 
and and create in comparison to the needs of the world. And that that stopped me dead for a long time. And this yeah. all goes with like depression and anxiety and stuff. But man, it was it was rough. And I don't from what I've seen on Twitter, I'm not the only person. Yeah, um, uh, I was because I expected a big productivity boost like the idiot in the tweet. Um, <laughs> Because I didn't have to go to work anymore, which before was my main mm-hmm. problem. Getting writing done was the the demands of being an educator. But um, so I thought when that was gone, and I just had to stay in my house, and I foolishly thought other people were going to stay in their house, and you know believe that diseases exist. Um, I thought, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just bang this thing out in a month. We'll be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, boo, no, it, it, it didn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, who would have thought the biggest, you know, uh, international crisis that the world has faced in a long-ass time would uh, be harmful for your personal productivity uh, and creativity? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I sent you a tweet not too long ago from Charles Strauss, who's a, a, a horror and sci-fi writer, and he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. when COVID hit, I, I'm my normal was like a 1,000 words a day. When COVID hit, I went down to like 300 words a day at best. Uh, but just like in the last week, or last two weeks, I've been banging out several thousand words a day. So like, uh, and I've seen other writers express similar uh, problems uh, with their their creativity. It is, um, I think it's also related to now we have this, uh, the the new term is doom scrolling. Have you heard of that? Um, For the listeners who haven't heard that, uh, that is the term. Any any looking at the news, basically. Yeah, basically you're scrolling on Twitter or your social media of choice, and you're just seeing horrible article after horrible article, followed by, like, idiots, I don't believe in masks. They trap oxygen, and, like, uh, they trap the bad air, and that's why you're you're dying because of the mask, you know, and shit like that. And so, like, uh, especially it's really bad if you doom scroll right before you go to sleep. For some reason, yeah. your sleep isn't as good <laughs> if you yeah. load up on nightmare anxieties. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, I mean, and there, I think part of it is just adapting to it and getting used to it. Is this yeah. the new normal? Um, mm-hmm. And there's not really any surefire trick to resolve that. It's just sort of personal space and uh, time to uh, adjust. There's, there's no trick to doing it quickly. If you're, if you're suffering out there from that same problem that we are like, or that we have. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, unless I'm mistaken, was there one surefire trick for you, Caleb, or was it just, just getting used to it? I think it's really getting used to it slash terror management theory. Cause I have to go to back to work at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just gonna get it. Yeah, I'm just all gonna get it, and no one gives a shit. Uh, and there's nothing we can really do about it. So mm-hmm. part of me wants to like finish up before that, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah, I think a big part of it is just getting used to the new chaos mm-hmm. that is a uh, everyday life. Um, I mean, getting getting a new routine in too, and like um, finding ways to get socialization without. Um, being like you know now we're doing online movie parties and talking chatting a lot more online and mm-hmm. doing like virtual table readings of plays which has been really fun and doing finding new strategies to cope with it uh, when you can't go to the bar with your friends or go mm-hmm. to an actual movie theater anymore or whatever um yeah. so um i think that's part of it so find ways to socialize in so, at least online if you can um yeah, don't forget to exercise. Uh, 
try and eat better. There's not, yeah, there's no, it's just, it's just yeah. self care. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've actually probably gone the opposite direction to actually get <laughs> things done. I don't do pretty much anything except troll around the house and write and mm-hmm. go sleep and then write more. Um, but you are doing the online socialization. Like that's, that, yeah, that's something that's ac- that something. actually, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and you're going on those walks and stuff like that. That's getting, getting one thing you do have to do though, is I think switch projects. Mm -hmm. I think you need to jump ship on things. So like right before this hit phase anatomy was like doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. I had the rules ready to play test. I just needed to write some like GM guide kind of stuff for whoever wanted to run it. Mm -hmm. I made a play test survey. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started forming a PDF. Uh, I, I mapped out the app flow. Um, and one of our former listeners was very interested in it and he wanted to do uh, a version of it. And we figured out a way to, you know, make it, uh, just a website app that we could run. And we were, I was about to get a price for that when COVID hit and he had to go find work elsewhere real fast. And then, um, the game, a game about medical drama suddenly didn't seem as fun. As fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have noticed. I mean, it's not as bad as a police procedural now. Yeah. uh, But it is, you know, there's a bad association with the old hospital, despite the best efforts of the people inside. So, yeah, Uh, uh, that stalled real hard. And mm -hmm. then writing about, uh, (laughs) you know, governmental eldritch child abuse for God's teeth. That stalled real hard. Mm hmm. Um, so I think one thing that has helped me get started on God's teeth again recently is that I switched back to a different project and, uh, I think I'm going to try sling stone again here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause, uh, killing, uh, uh, individuals who embody oppressive ideologies, uh, <laughs> and have more power than you, uh, and the radicalization to do that suddenly seems like it makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. uh, than it did when I first started writing it. So. Yeah, um, I know I've had to uh, for the online page, the games I've run, I've realized I've had to uh, specify that this modern day horror scenario, for example, happens before COVID. So uh, I have to, I haven't, I don't like, and I don't think I'm going to run a game set in COVID for a long ass time. I think I'm just going to like pretend it doesn't exist uh, in whatever you know, unknown armies or Delta green or whatever, whatever Cthulhu scenarios I run for the Patreon or whatever else, uh, for a while. I don't, I don't think like, cause COVID does make interesting things because like, how do you investigate, you know, a weird m- murder or whatever, when everyone, when you're in lockdown, for example. Um, but like I've actually gone yeah. in the reverse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, Delta Green is now, I mean, if it wasn't before, it's still explicitly political. And Mm -hmm. I just made the last one. I just made the last adventure set in July 2020, because why not? Yeah. I mean, can you think of a more horrifying time (laughs) to set it in in the modern Delta Green time? Like, let's assume everything gets better, which, you know, I wish I had that brain. But Mm -hmm. let's assume everything gets better and it's just a historical piece. It's still a cool historical piece because. Yeah. We. I mean, it's like Cuban Missile Crisis, man. We did not know if we were going to make it. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, so. And just writing about what I'm seeing and feeling, even though it might not be safe uh, and might need to be, you know, edited later, is certainly stopped uh, 
stop me from stopping basically it's it's not paused me as hard as you know mm-hmm. trying to write about other time periods where this shit wasn't going on which mm-hmm. always felt artificial because yeah. it's certainly not what was on my brain but at least that's how i've been doing it. yeah i mean yeah there's yeah two different strategies i mean um I, certainly for especially delta green setting is more nihilistic uh than so that that is more apropos um, yeah, and I've, I've, I mean, why not just lean into that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think, yeah, certainly for the Patreon games I've run, I've been more just like, I have one idea, and I'm going to, like, well, <laughs> throw some people into it, and we'll see what happens. Um, but, I mean, a written product is a certainly a higher standard than that, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so Slingstone, you've uh, come up with some ideas for it, or, or a total reworking, or... Uh, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, the main problem I had was like I wanted to design something new mm-hmm. and get a certain experience I wanted it out of it that was still pretty grim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked the speed with which you played it in the upwind system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's the Q system. That's yeah, what it's called right. Yeah. Uh, 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 and I like that, but it didn't quite give the experience and tone I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't think that was going to work, but I did still like the idea of like building a deck against mm-hmm. the villain. Um, so what I think I'm going to do now is, uh, cause I couldn't figure out how to do it before, but I think I'm going to run it in the profit system. And I think I know how to do it where it's not just doesn't make any sense. So it's going to be kind of like, um, a little bit like fate aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll you'll have your potentials, uh, just like you do. And so far, I have a rage, uh, which is going to be physical instrument kind of stuff. Uh, fear, which is going to be like coordination and speed kind of stuff. Uh, love, which is social skills and knowledge, which is like foresight and tactical skills. And then that'll just be your static bonus for those roles. But every number you have in that potential, that's the number of what I'm calling pillars you get. Um, and your pillars like a fate aspect that you can spend charges off of to do all your profit system stuff. So like buy a roll, add to a roll, and overcharge it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got those four. And then uh, you have a fifth potential just called revenge. And that's going to be basically your like sanity mechanic for to keep you from breaking uh, and and going nuts, uh, but um, your revenge level indicates the number of pillars you can refresh at the end of a game. So, um, if you have two in revenge, but you have exhausted down to like one or two, uh, like six different pillars, you can exhaust. You can only refill half of those. Mm. Um, so the materialism of the game is not the materialism of like bullets and, and water and charges mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, the, the materialism is the loss of self to the cause. Um, because once your pillar is gone, you can't refresh it. it. It goes away forever. And then you have to role play whatever that pillar was dying inside you because you're so dedicated towards killing the superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 making it uh you know making it your life mm-hmm. um so once a pillar is exhausted it goes hollow um, okay and once it's hollow it, it it doesn't do anything anymore and you can't fill it with a different pillar 
Um, so there's also no character advancement. The game's about trying to finish the campaign before you're utterly depleted. Like, um, so it would be just about bleeding out on these charge systems, only they're not linked to equipment like they are in red markets. They're linked to aspects of your identity, um, and they help you succeed on rolls, um, but you're not going to get, you'll never get back as many in a session as you probably spent. Yeah. I like that idea. I think that you're most powerful at character creation and it's just, how can you manage the attrition of your, of your resources, uh, i.e. your soul um, before you go? I think there's a people, not many games have really played with that, that typical, the the archetype that D and D is set up that you start out as a, you know a level one scrub and work your way up to become a demigod mm. and I think there's a lot of interesting ideas uh, that could be explored if you messed around with that dynamic so I, I'm really um, interested in that uh, to see how that works out in in, in balance and the 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 Halloween system does remind me of the uh, trauma system a bit for blades in the dark. So that's kind of where I got the inspiration. From. Okay. Yeah. I could see, I can, I can definitely see that um, because that's um, thematic in it. Yeah. Uh, I still want the, uh, the, the target, the, the Goliath, the superhero you're going to kill. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want them to be uh, represented by a deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I figured out to do is that, um, when you build your he- hero, you give them powers in an, and, and their number of powers determine their level. Mm-hmm. So a zero level hero is just Batman. Um, if they're still using a deck of cards, they're still better because the rule is in cards V dice, uh, any card has a plus 10 value to whatever the dice roll is on the um check so like if i'm fighting you and you're batman mm-hmm. and i roll um nine black three red so i've got you know i've got six margin of success you still beat me with a two of clubs because that's a 12 margin of success because okay. you are fucking batman and i am just some scrub that did some mma and crossfit like uh so that would be why you never want to take them head on because basically the only way you have a chance to win is like a critical success against a low card. Mm-hmm. Um, so a one, uh, a one level power is in addition to the number of cards in the deck that they have to choose from, they also have a Trump suit. So that is where they are like literally super powered. So like um, if Batman's a zero, like Sherlock Holmes or professor X uh, has powers in diamonds, which is associated with knowledge and mind. So they can use that in anything. So like um, you, uh, you know, you try and punch Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes doesn't have any clubs to fight back, uh, but they can still play the two of diamonds and destroy you because, well, of course they knew you were going to throw that punch then and they planned for it. And that's when the traps spring, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um and then the more powers you have, so like a Superman character has powers in all four suits. Like they're just God. Um, mm-hmm. They can do anything with any card. Uh, but the more powers you have, the more weaknesses you have to take. And a weakness is a deck manipulation power. Like, um, 
So, for instance, like value two cards will beat anything the Goliath plays. That would be like a weakness. Like, oh, we found these. And uh, so I've, I'm building a D10 table of all of the weaknesses so you can kind of build a hero procedurally mm-hmm. as a deck. Um, and then the campaign is about uh, trying to get war assets, get assets to your sling, which is your cell of basically mm-hmm. terrorists or assassins, um, so that you can build build a, a sling deck to fight the hero with in a showdown. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, you're spending off your character sheet, and hopefully, if we get the balance right, you're spending more off your character sheet than you're getting back every session. But you're spending off your character sheet to literally do a deck-building game and buy cards and also gain intel about the player's deck. Like, oh, mm-hmm. they have power in uh, spades for speed. Like, so uh, we need to we need to figure out that when he's going to play a spade, you know, he's going to... Then we need to play our two because we figured out his weakness is whatever this two card represents, and it'll beat his power and you know that kind of stuff. Okay. And then the damage for the showdown would just be ablative, like Gloomhaven. Like if you're if you're hitting the hero, they're taking you're taking cards out of their hands, right? Mm-hmm. But if the hero's hitting you, it's causing like red markets damage on your on your sheet. So. Yeah. Um. I would for 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 this model of thing uh, campaign though I would create some sort of counterbalancing thing to keep players from um, the way to min max this it seems to me uh, would be to just uh, throw characters just burn out characters as quickly as possible um, to gain as much deck, deck manipulation power as you can and then just make keep new, throwing in new characters. Um, so there should be some sort of counterbalancing factor that the, the hero gets some kind of advantage, uh, every time a new player character is introduced, uh, or there's the, you know what I mean? Like, um, because the, the whole model is sort of inverted from the typical RPG where like in a typical RPG, you know, well, we have to introduce this new character. He's not going to be as powerful as everyone else who's leveled up, but now we're leveling down essentially. Um, why not just keep making new characters and just, you know, uh, throw my, your stack of pre rolled ninjas at the, uh, hero until they bleed out. Does that, um, uh, yeah. 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 Um, I think the main thing would do that because I, I still want the Goliaths to be reactive. Mm-hmm. Like if you let them know you're coming after them mm-hmm. before your showdown is ready, they're still going to come. Yeah, and pretty much any Goliath deck can beat a character mm-hmm. in a one-on-one or a one-on-two fight with just yeah. Like if I play the two of clubs, and uh, you, you know, you try and fight back and you lose, then we roll random damage, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, it's twelve damage to your arm. It just, it just ripped it off. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a fucking superhero. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, so I, I think it would be somewhat suicidal to go at it that hard because, you know, dead bodies are clues. Um, but, yeah, people could power game it. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I I mean, I would just think, yeah, some sort of counterbalancing factor. That would be... But I'm really intrigued by this because also I don't think RPGs, like normal trad RPGs, really don't get boss fights very well. Uh, and this whole campaign is a boss fight, essentially building up to like that one, like, uh, uh, and so having this adversary, this nemesis, um, is something I think would work really well. Uh, it could work really well. Cause again, it's, it's not really explored that much, uh, dealing mm-hmm. with the same asshole the entire campaign. Cause, uh, most of the time your RPGs, well, there's this bad guy. You're not going to interact with him whatsoever until the very last game when you headshot him. Uh, but like until then, he's really bad, and he's doing stuff from a distance and sending waves of minions. Yeah, no, I want it to be like you can yeah. interact with them whenever you want, but yeah. you probably don't want. because yeah. they're gonna they're gonna smoke you really hard. Yeah. unless you know what their you know bane is and their weakness is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I wrote a bunch of different. Uh, like I've got the first ones planned. Mm-hmm. Let me find it real quick. I just built a new folder. In there. Yeah, by the way, if you're um we did do a a, a slingstone playtest um on that's on RPPR B-sides volume 5. If you're a Patreon, you should already have it. If not, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes uh where you can get that. That's sort of an optional. It'll eventually be released to the um public for free, but if you want to listen to it now, uh yeah. you can uh check out that link and see how to do that. But uh. yeah. So anyway, if you have zero powers in your Goliath deck, um, I just say that that's Batman power. So you have no weaknesses. You got plot immunity. Mm-hmm. You don't have any special things either. But um, but on the power suite, if you roll a one, you have to choose two off that level. But if you roll a two, your hero could have Medusa. So when a two of any suit is played by the Sling, um, the values of the Goliath and Slings cards are switched. So oh, they drop. Yeah, so like if they draw, so once you figure out what the Medusa is, and like it can just be a card mechanic, I can be like, what is the Medusa for your villain that you designed, players? Mm-hmm. And you could just say what it is, but it could be like, oh, he's going to drop his Ace of Spades power. We have to make sure we drop the Two of Hearts when he does that. And and basically, you're just playing high card, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, psychological. What are they going to play next? What's in their hand? Like that kind of stuff. So, okay. Um, and if you played it, you would have the Ace of Spades and like whip them real bad. Like mm-hmm. um, Phobia, David secretly peaks a value in a suit. That card has a plus thirty bonus when played against the Goliath. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suppressor, David Lee, sec- David secretly picks a value in suit. The War Asset removes that a Goliath's a bit that Goliath's ability to trump cards with a power suit for the remainder of the scene. So that's where you basically just turn their powers off. Um, so they're tr- and and so I'm I'm trying to come up with ten of these for every power level. Um, mm. ident- secret identity. All assets in diamonds gain trump over every suit in the Goliath deck, with the exception of their power. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have, if you're Cyclops and you've got a power in spades, because you can kill me with a look, <laughs> your spades will still trump me, right? Right. But if uh, I know that you're Scott Summers and you've got bad marriage problems and I start playing that on like the big screen of the city, that's my diamonds card. And so like if it's that versus you kicking me with clubs, my diamond, my two of diamonds is going to beat your ace of clubs. Mm -hmm. But if you start playing um, spades and eye lasering me, then it's just going to be a heads up fight as to who gets, you know, do I get my blackmail off before you get your eye lasers off? Mm hmm. 
uh, and then it would be heads up, you know, my diamonds versus your spades, uh, whereas your spades would have previously just cut me and everyone in half. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So it's basically doing supervillain shit. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I knew you had that. So that's mm-hmm. why I did. Yeah. But um, you're physically building a deck uh, and learning things about the. And that's the other thing you're going to have to do. You're going to have to trade between spending off your sheet and your sling and your characters, mm-hmm. getting war assets and just getting intel about what kind of war assets you need. Mm-hmm. Um, because you need to know, like, Oh, I, I really need a power to like see what he has in his hand, so we know when he's going to play that. Or I really need a, I need to know how many cards he has in the deck. Or I need to know where his power is in, or what his weakness is. Like getting intel is going to be as important as getting cards. Yeah, and those are more traditional like RPG yeah. missions. You yeah, know? RPG actions, heists, and like you're even dungeon crawls. Let's go into the 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 abandoned science lab where he got his powers and poke around and see what we find out. You know, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I I uh, I like that. Um, it's uh, how how close do you do you um, are you still sort of writing this out or is it ready to play test or like where how far are you along in this? Uh, I think it's ready to play test, but I think another mistake I did was like going full, make whatever setting you want. Oh yeah, yeah, we did use uh, what was it, microscope uh, to generate? Yeah, a set. I really I liked it, and I really want to keep it settingless so you mm-hmm. can design your own campaigns because like i don't mm-hmm. you're basically suicide terrorists like yeah uh and and mechanically the way it looks like so i want if you want to mul- do multiple campaigns i want you to be like in the same setting like because you're going to take out all of the x-men separately and mm-hmm. our um or just doing like which superhero from which comic are we going to kill this time yeah um but but yeah, I think it's pretty much ready to go. So, but I'm thinking I'm going to run it in something pre-generated. Yeah, I yeah, don't know I, if I should pre-generate characters too, or just the setting. I think I mean like our characters we should because then we can come up, especially if it's like a if you if it's Scott Summers or whatever, we can all be like, well, Scott Summers lasered, lasered my house and I saw my family get vaporized, or Scott Summers, okay. uh, you know. Uh, did this to me or like i blame i I blame cyclops because he couldn't kill his ex-girlfriend in the phoenix fucking vaporized phoenix you know Uh, so so i i have one planned for setting wise then Mm -hmm. and we can build characters i think we've been watching a lot of pulp movies so Mm -hmm. i think i kind of want to do like batman the animated series rocketeer phantom masks so like Mm -hmm. 1930s comic book characters but sworn to be mm-hmm. the the normal human murderers of like a uh mm-hmm. like a gray ghost or a spirit or something oh like yeah that. yeah someone who can read men's minds and be shoots a, 45s with yeah. both hands and, yeah you know, that kind of shit yeah uh, and you're and you're gonna be like you we don't really like the city's dark protector yeah he um, uh kind of shoots a lot of people wife and i'm a news reporter and yeah he's a paper stand runner and together we're gonna burn his mansion down like yeah um i was thinking something like that yeah because then you could invent villains for him and just like try and get assets from a crazy rogues gallery and oh yeah yeah so i had an idea for that yeah we can go talk to waffle face his face got pressed into a (laughs) waffle mate iron uh during a fight they call him waffle tracy and batman villains Yeah, yeah yeah Uh, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, okay. Well, we'll talk about scheduling that later on, um, after the podcast. 
Um, yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, I've actually started working on something too. Um, because, uh, up right before the pandemic, I actually was working on ruin, uh, a bit and I had figured out what I wanted as sort of the conflict resolution mechanic, which was actually going to be its own sort of card game. Um, and the, the problem with playtesting that is <laughs> it's, it's not something I want to do online because it was going to be a card game. Like, yeah. we, like with pre, like with custom cards, like the idea actually kind of like yours is each villain, each uh, enemy was its own deck of cards. Uh, but it was going to be sort of like a ma- Well, not quite magic. The idea is that you start with a deck, uh, a hand of cards and you're trying to play basically the idea is there are these labyrinth cards that are bad and uh every time you you run out of cards and you have to reshuffle your deck to draw new cards you'd gain a labyrinth card and so you're just constantly um so kind of like a deck builder sort of uh, uh idea uh, and the the first person who draws nothing but labyrinth cards loses uh like it, once your once your hand fills up with so many labyrinth cards then you lose so yeah. very small decks and like um but like that was the idea, but again, now that's totally on hold because I don't want to try and play test that something like that online, um, and I don't know how well that would yeah uh, sell in an environment where online RPGs are the norm now. Um, but instead, um, one thing that has been very cool and very inspirational to me has been uh, the sort of zine trend in RPGs, um, Mothership the RPG. Uh, tons of scenarios, uh, tons of little supplements for various games have been released as zines, which you can get print on demand. Uh, I mean, they have really cool layouts. And so what I thought is why not? I've been wanting to eat for years is take you know, some of our better, uh, more well-received uh, scenarios uh, and turn them. Why not turn them into system free scenarios? So uh, like kind of what you did with no security. Um, so mm-hmm. I, the first one I'm going to do is night clerk. Uh, I call it Cthulhu the Night Cleric. Well, it's just going to be, again, I guess it's almost a proto-ruin, sort of a trial run for ruin. It's the idea is you check into a hotel, and when you wake up, it's a crazy labyrinth nightmare place. And uh, every room is its own pocket dimension. Um, So with that, um, what I'm uh, I'm doing is actually I uh, uh, contacted Simeon Cogswell, there's a layout for the Delta Green books, to help Mm -hmm. me come up with a look for the zine. Cause I want to make this very aesthetic. I want to make this actually a very interesting and visually, uh, appealing, uh, zine. Um, yeah. And so what I've already done sort of laid out, I'm doing, I'm actually also borrowing from eclipse phase where they in eclipse phase second edition and their new products, they, they do it. They sort of assign word counts per two page spread. Like this two page spread is about this specific thing. And it's has, you have like 1000 words or 1500 words to write on these two pages. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so like, uh, I made a bunch of ideas for two page spreads, like, okay, we'll do the overview. We'll do like, and, um, once I get this layout, uh, Simeon should be working on to get it done by the end of the month or before then I'll start writing it. And once I have the layout, hopefully I'll be able to kick this in October. Cause it's just going to be a zine. It's only going to be like five, 10,000 words max. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have a lot of art made for it. Um, and, that's sort of what I'm doing right now. But I am, once I write, I am going to do some play tests in various systems. Um, because I also wanted to come up with some random tables. Like, uh, some of the ideas I have are, I should have pulled this up earlier, but, uh, I've made a Scrivener document with sort of, uh, an outline of what I need. Um, so let's see here. Uh, let's see the scenario setup, And then like I do it by, um, 
like section of the hotel. Uh, so there's a, there's, there'll be a two page spread for the lobby and what kind of clues and what kind of things you find mm-hmm. in it. Uh, yeah. I want to do a lot of isometric maps as well as just traditional top down maps. Uh, and then I have this idea for like one of the, one of the ways that you can uh, make the scenario more interesting is like, okay, here's what a standard room looks like in in the hotel but then here's variations you can have a uh, room decay variation so it'd be like a two-page spread with like partially decayed fully decayed uh radioactive decay or you know like uh abattoir like here's what it looks like very gory and so like you can roll on this table and like here are the kind of things you could find in it or here are the kinds of challenges you would you would meet you know um there's a ghoul in the in the abattoir room and you'd have to deal with that asshole um and then style variations here's what it would look like as a 19th like so variations on a theme um that'd be cool yeah and uh the idea in the original scenario is that the night clerk is enacting this ritual uh for murky purposes but there's someone after him and i and um so there's there's two npcs the hunter and the the night clerk and they're fighting and you're sort of caught between them um and uh, so yeah, I'm thinking about 32 pages um, and standard zine size, you know, um, and so that that's what I'm working on right now. So that'd be a real interesting uh, project to like really focus on my word count per page and just really not writing a lot, but like really tightly focused on on like this particular spread is about this, and so I have to be very concise. So I imagine there's going to be a lot more rewriting and editing than just getting a huge word count um, and also just yeah. worry, worrying about the art, like having art start commissioning art as soon as I'm writing it. Like I'm mm-hmm. already started work. I haven't figured out what I want for the cover yet. Uh, so I've already started thinking about that. Just sort of outlining sort of doing art direction. I haven't even picked an artist. I want to do that. Um, I know Patsy McDowell yeah. will do a lot of the interior art, but I don't know what I want to do for the, uh, the cover. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so that'll be fun. Uh, and, yeah, and that's something. And if that works out pretty well, I'll 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 start looking at some of our more popular scenarios uh, and convert them into zines. Um, like, yeah, and obviously this could be like once I figure out a system for it, then I could uh, start cranking them out faster. Especially if I come up with like a template for the design, um, or even come up with new scenarios instead of just going on the RPPR ones. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just aside from tables, there wouldn't be really much in the way of game mechanics, like, uh, just sort yeah. of vague descriptions of the, the characters, like this character is a human with a lot of occult skills. And so like, mm-hmm. it should be, I mean, a modern horror, it's a modern horror scenario. So system mechanics are pretty, to figure it out. yeah. Like no matter what system you're using, they're pretty, it's pretty easy to stat out. Oh, what's a ghoul in savage worlds or call of Cthulhu mm-hmm. or, fear itself like those are those are not mm-hmm. too hard to figure out stat stat blocks for that um yeah yeah but i don't think i'm going to do much in the way stretch goals for uh the kickstarter it's just going to be like pdf or print in pdf um maybe have some add-ons for rppr pins because i still have some <laughs> um mm-hmm. and i don't know um that's kind of that's kind of kind of where i am with that um but um yeah, do you think are there any scenarios you'd want to do as zines? Uh if like things you've run on RPPR? Oh, no, bro. Uh I know, yeah. I think I somewhere lane right. would be good. Um I mean yeah. just just sort of speculating, not like <laughs> not like committing to a project, but um I think things like somewhere lane would be good. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. 
are there any ones that I've run you think uh, I should work on, think about doing next uh, after I get this one banged out? Uh, what was the the which one? The the sleep. Oh, the dreamer below. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, good. yeah, I could. Yeah, that would be pretty easy to do as mm-hmm. well. That's more straight up. Um, and I could really re- work on the uh, the 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 main villain for that one a lot more because I want to. I have some more ideas for her being that weird gestalt mind thing. Uh, the hypercube one that would also be really good. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, the art too. Yeah, Bastow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So something to think about. Uh, leave us comments uh, if you want to see any particular zines. Uh, but I had another idea too, which was. I was thinking recently, one of the reasons why Rune has been so hard for me to do is um, I was trying to do too much at once um, because there were several system mechanical things I wanted to do. Mm. And um, maybe I should just make some RPGs and figure out the system first, at least in different and then sort of perfect that and then worry about the setting. Um, So like two of the main things I wanted for Ruin was you make your character during gameplay and a mm-hmm. crafting system uh, that was yeah. actually fun and interesting. Um, and so maybe I should just take those two ideas and make like a generic fantasy RPG, uh, but with character creation during gameplay and crafting in it um, yeah. and just kind of do that. So um, that's something I haven't worked on. I just like sort of had the idea of it like a night or two ago. I was like, Oh yeah, I could just isolate game systems and then mm-hmm. get those done and then worry about that. Um, yeah, sometimes yeah. you'd have to do playtest of incomplete things. Yeah. Just see if they're worth dead yeah. the time to integrating it. Yeah, but with Ruin, I was trying to do everything at once. And um, that was pretty hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially because mm-hmm. it's such a weird yeah. idea. Um, I am also having given up on the idea of doing my own profit system game. Um, and uh, with that, obviously, I, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's the Kaiju one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I just recently watched uh, Godzilla versus Biolante, which uh, one of the the 1989 Godzilla movie, and at the beginning of the movie actually is a very red market saying because it's in the aftermath of a Godzilla attack, and like these Japanese soldiers are are in hazmat suits and you know uh, going around collecting samples of Godzilla cells, like you know a couple scales and some uh, that have been scraped off from a skyscraper uh, debris. Mm-hmm. And then, like, these dudes show up and just gun them down and, like, grab the sample and start running away. And then another dude ambushes them and kills them and takes it. So, like, uh, because this uh the the guy who winds up with them money and kaiju scales well the the, what what happens is like this middle eastern country doesn't want to be dependent on oil and so they're like we need to grow food in the desert uh you know what would work we could take godzilla cells and splice them with plants because then it would grow anywhere because godzilla is really tough and just regenerates so well um obviously that ends in a kaiju that's half godzilla half plants but, uh, you know, like, I like that idea that everyone's fighting every country. There's this whole thing about mercenaries uh, and working for various corporations and governments fighting to get kaiju cell samples. Um, and <laughs> like, so I kind of want that like uh, uh, for my kaiju game wouldn't just be scavenging cities or the you know destroyed cities. It would also be like 
if you can get intel when a kaiju is about to attack somewhere, you're like, well, let's rob the bank while that while you know the the that big monster is hitting the city, you know, yeah, like it's, it's shock doctrine, you know, yeah, yeah. The the economic stimulus is disaster. Almost well, disaster I mean, happens to be kaiju's. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. doing a heist during a monster attack. Like, I love that idea of just. Yeah. I, I kind of want to run a standalone scenario. Of just <laughs> you're uh, you're trying to rob the bank in Tokyo when uh, because Godzilla's coming. You know that it's on the news. Everyone's evacuating the city, so like, there's not going to be anyone there. So like, let's. Uh, what's the worst that could happen? Like, yeah. uh, uh, we don't have to deal. The cops are harder to deal with than Godzilla. Like, uh, so, um, yeah, I kind of want to run that as a standalone scenario, but um, I also want to uh, uh, make that system to be more. Maybe the world isn't quite as post-apocalyptic. It's it's you know maybe red markets half ruined, half not. Um, and you can go commit some heists in the nice part of the planet, uh, when the God, when the, when the giant monsters are, 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 uh, uh, fighting. So, uh, yeah, yeah uh, another job type, but, um, that's something to think about, um, for the future. But I think uh, my main priority right now is working on the scene. Cause I think one, it would just be fun to, it would be nice. It would feel so good just to have something out and like kickstarted and people can buy it and just like, look, I made this, I made a new thing. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yeah. yeah cause COVID blocks real. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, well it's also cause the last couple of years I've only been really doing freelance work in terms of published work and mm-hmm. uh, it's been fun and has helped pay the bills, but like, I kind of want to get something with my name on it, you know, out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, I understand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at, uh, in terms of being productive and creative right now, I'm just trying to hunker down for the rest of the year and, uh, be really creative and earn a little extra money. So, uh, uh, <laughs> just in case things go wrong or like, yeah, I, yeah, I need to help Everybody Maddie move. Yeah. I need help Maddie move to America, uh, mm-hmm. at some point. So I need to start saving up for that. Um, but yeah, so um let's see anything else you wanted to talk about uh that was pretty much no, your main uh, idea hopefully yeah. this new slingstone idea will have some, some yeah. legs and we'll yeah. see yeah uh i yeah we'll talk uh, after we're done recording we'll uh talk about that and uh about doing the play tests sooner rather than later and um yeah well anyways uh thanks for listening um caleb how can people find you on the internet I am at Hebanon G Cal on mm. Twitter. Um, you can find me at redmarketsrpg.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm on this show a lot. <laughs> uh, and I'm also uh, the host of the Mix Six podcast. Yeah, the Mix Six podcast where we review beers and talk about, well, games for a lot of it. Like, especially yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, and uh cable's also recently a guest on night clerk radio uh you know i think episode nine where we talk about a dark ambient album and pina coladas uh (laughs) we'll have you on again at some point um yeah so and i am at ross payton on twitter uh and yeah i'm here on rppr uh please support our patreon patreon.com slash rppr uh and anyways uh thanks for listening we'll talk to you later bye (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.